0: Okay, it would be hard to justify your investment in syndications or crowdfunding as active, and it would be equally hard to show that you spend all the time simply managing one or two properties. However, in this situation, it helps to have multiple units under your belt, increasing how much more time it takes to oversee the property managers. This is Cashflow Multipliers, the podcast dedicated to your financial freedom or the lifestyle you deserve. Hello and welcome back, Cash Multipliers. We are thrilled you're here spending some time with us. Whether you're route somewhere doing your chores around the house or working out, know that you're already working on yourself simply by listening to this podcast. That's right, guys. We're all about sharing the knowledge we have gained in apartment investing and passive income. This is a podcast dedicated to making you financially free. Our weapon, or rather wealth of choice, is through apartment investing. And it can be a wonderful world. Right, Palm? Mm-hmm. Yes. (laughs) Apartment investors really do get the best of everything. We get monthly or quarterly cash flow, hedge our money against inflation, invest in a risk-adverse asset class, and get above-average returns. The best part? We can beat the Uncle Sam at his own game. Yeah, Uncle Sam will kick your butt. <laughs> <laughs> yep, apartment investors get some of the best tax benefits. You've probably heard of it. It's not what you earn, but it's what you keep. And that's why those who are high-income entrepreneurs or even high-income earners like you guys, you guys really don't have that much tax advantages available to you. So paying significant amount of taxes unfortunately becomes the norm. I love that phrase. It's not about how much money you make, it's about how much money you keep, right? So if you're sitting there thinking, wait a second, I thought you two were supposed to make me a high-income earner. What is this? Hold on one second. (laughs) We're in the business of making you high-level investors. Woohoo, right? Can I get an amen? Now, what's the difference and how do taxes have anything to do with this, right? You ask. That's where the ESBI quadrant comes in. And you can get all those information on our episode 11, where we break it down. E is for employee, S for self-employed, B quadrant is for business owner, and I is for investor. Sounds like the new alphabet. E-S-B-I, E-S-B-I. <laughs> yes. So no, this isn't an episode about Sesame Street. This is how you legally, ethically, and morally not have to pay taxes and that you guess it through apartment investing. Nan, shall we break that definition of passive income versus active income? Let's do it, Palm. Awesome. Okay, so our good old government defines passive income as income that derives from passive activities. So if this is the case, Shall we pay for a shilling in our lounge loungewear watching Netflix while we work from home? I mean, shall we get paid? I mean, nothing more passively active than that, right? That sounds like a very passive activity. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, I mean, I guess we're in, I mean, you can say we're in our where recording this right <laughs> hey, now. Hey, that's TMI. <laughs> <laughs> well, not exactly. This involves activities in either rental properties or limited partnerships in which the investor was wasn't actively involved. So you, for example, invest in real estate and some rental properties uh, that qualifies as your passive activity. In the eye of the IRS when you file your taxes, because other people are paying you so that they can live in your rental properties and you're sitting there in your loungewear watching Netflix and Mm -hmm. making money when the rental check comes in. Yes. Can you understand why we're a little obsessed with this and why we're even more obsessed with telling people like other people about it? This is available to everyone, people, boom, right? Of course, there are always the special type of loss. In real estate world, um, that's what we call phantom, phantom loss, loss, right? Palm, would you say the only time we love to hear the word loss is in anything is when we talk about the phantom loss here absolutely and also when my hated sport team I won't name the team but basically when they lose yeah it's pretty cool too <laughs> okay guys I know you guys may be wondering what is the phantom loss this is a really good point because you know like anecdotally we had a, an investor one time kind of freaked out a little bit on us when we sent her a k1 loss because she was like nan Palm, did you just lose like $86,000. <laughs> well, yeah. She, she freaked out. I and mean, we are like, no, no, no. Actually, well, it's what it's called phantom loss. So phantom loss, <laughs> excited palm, calm down. <laughs> so phantom income is an income from real estate that's triggered the process of depreciation, whereby owner decreased the value of the property over time in order to offset their rental income. So what that means is it's just, even though you can be getting cash flow, but you can still, through depreciation, get the phantom loss right mm-hmm. so you see when comparing apartment investing to other forms of investing it's important to consider the tax consequences as well right as you probably already know when you sell a stock or collect dividends you either pay capital gain rate or even worse it's taxed as ordinary income but what about tax consequences of any profits you made from your passive income via apartment investing let's think that for a 2nd this is one of the unique aspects of investing in apartment syndication. It's often the case that you'll show a loss on your tax return while generating positive cash flow from your investment. Like take a second and think Ooh, that right. through, right? You're actually making money. Mm-hmm. We're giving you distribution checks or ACH. Cash, flow. cash flows happening. But then in the IRS, in the I of the IRS, they actually think that you quote unquote lost money. That's like the best case scenario. I love it, I right? mean, love, this is why we love, you know, apartment investing. So in other words, you put money in your pocket from your investment and the government gives you back even more money at tax time. Now, if you happen to take a loss on this passive income, those losses can offset other passive income you have earned. Unfortunately, it can't offset your active income. Only active losses can offset active income. So active income refers to income received from performing a service, such as wages, your tips, you guys report those, I know, (laughs) salary, commission, and other type of income, the businesses where you're performing a service, like working a traditional nine to five, for example, and if there's anything we can't stand, it's trading our time for money. So if you happen to experience these passive income losses, either in reality or in paper through the magic of depreciation, unfortunately, you can't use it to offset your active income. The money you earn, it can only be used to offset other real estate earnings or carry it over to offset future gains. Passive money plays well with passive money and thus other passive deals. And so by not if you don't use it, you can always use it in the future, but it doesn't play well with active income. Yep, but you know us by now and we figure out a way or two to even get around this. I mean, and that's becoming a real estate professional. In the eye of the IRS, they see real estate professionals with the hard eyes emoji filter over them. <laughs> <laughs> I heart you. When you check the box of being a real estate professional on your taxes, something magical happened. Those passive activities no longer qualifies as being passive. They become what, Palm? <laughs> they become bibbidi bobbidi boo <laughs> into active income. <laughs> Oopsha, Right? This magical difference is that allow you to use any real estate losses to decrease the amount of income taxes you are liable to. And yes, it can offset your ordinary income. For example, if you show a loss on your taxes of $100,000 on your real estate ventures and you made, let's say, $100,000 from your earned active income, the simple math is that the total amount of income that is taxable is, guess, $100,000 minus $100,000 equals to, say with us, zero. zero. They offset each other pretty wild, right? I mean, we don't know of any asset class that does this. Nan, of course, this isn't really magic, right? Nope. <laughs> it's it feels like magic, but it, it's it's for real. It's magical. That's all I can say. Yeah. So this is just knowing the system and breaking it down in a way that makes sense. They're definitely not teaching any of this in school, which is why so many people are stuck in the hamster wheel day in and day out, wondering if there's any other way. Now, we're not asking you to change your careers or become real estate investors, but there's a major difference between being a real estate professional, a.k.a. REAPs, or real estate agents. REAPs do not require a license or any additional training. It's just having the qualification listed. Are you guys ready for a little quiz? It's going to happen in this section. Get ready. Yes. Okay, so... One, two, three. <laughs> segment shifted. <laughs> okay, so for our first and only question, according to the IRS, which of these three qualifications must you have in order to be a full-time real estate professional? Okay, one, more than one half of personal service you perform in all trades or businesses during the tax year will perform in real estate property trades or businesses in which you materially participate. That's a handful But you get it. (laughs) Number two, you currently own property of your own that you have lived in for longer than six months and pay a mortgage on it. Number three is you perform more than 750 hours of services during the tax year in real estate, property trades, or business in which you materially participate. If you guess two or three, then you've got it. Your price is being well on your way to understanding how taxes work better than the most people. Now, we know that the 750 hours of service in property trades might be a stretch for some of you. That basically means that being a real estate professional is your primary job. And for those of you who are working 50 to 60 hour work weeks, we hear you. This is especially tough and it it may not make a lot of sense to cut back drastically simply of the status of being real estate professional, right? Mm -hmm. However, there's another option. Mm -hmm. Knowing us, we always come with options, right? If you have a spouse who is currently not working or work part-time, this could be a vital path for them. They could qualify by performing the duties of a real estate professional, and when you file jointly, both of you are able to enjoy the tax benefit and not sacrifice any crucial income so this actually happened to one of our I mean it happens a lot but one of the examples that came to mind nan was a friend of ours who invested in one of our latest properties so he works really hard in his marketing world doing really really well and in fact his wife is actually running their Airbnb business on the side and then through our conversation and also consulting with a tax strategist who happens to be a friend of ours we pulled together our brains and we racked our heads and then the conclusion based on this tax strategies is that, yeah, your wife actually qualifies as a full-time real estate professional. So what does that mean, Palm? So basically what that meant was, while he can still earn his income in his marketing world, he now gets the benefit from the depreciation from his passive investment in multifamily, offsetting his ordinary income. Now, guys, this is really, really wow. huge because he doesn't want to pay high six figures in taxes every year. While instead, now he gets to use that instead of paying the IRS, he gets to put in a property that's growing in value, cash flowing. It's pretty much the best case scenario right now. Oh, my God. Yes, absolutely. So that was a, one really awesome story that just happened recently and, and just kind of with you guys an idea of how this works. Yes. And I think it's so important that if you surround yourself with the people, the right people who you can level up. I mean, there's so many ways that you can create this um, synergetic energy and also grow together. Right. And then being, you know, by investing in our deals, he's able to save six figure in taxes. Yeah, just like that. And that wouldn't have happened otherwise. And while he's, you know, enjoying life, living his life with his family and friends. Yeah. So the other option then that to show that you're devoted to their 750 hours is to do something that's called materially participate in. Remember the fa- phrase, that means that you're being active in development, management, or operations of the property. You don't need to manage the property yourself, but you need to oversee the managing managers so you're becoming like an asset manager. So you'll need to prove that you spent 750 hours being the managers of managers and making sure that nothing gets out of hand. And in this case, just document it, put it in a notebook, Google, anything like that okay, it would be hard to justify your investment in syndications or crowdfunding as active. And it would be equally hard to show that you spend all the time simply managing one or two properties. However, in this situation, it helps to have multiple units under your bill, increasing how much more time it takes to oversee the property managers. Remember, this is a timing game as well. You're not going to get here overnight and there is definitely a learning curve to do this. With time comes understanding and you'll be a savvier investor in your business ventures. Lastly, don't forget, we're not tax experts or professional and we definitely don't play one on TV. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So please consult one to see if you qualify in your specific circumstance. We're sharing you what we know because it works for us and we know it can work for others as well. But you definitely need to put in your own time and learning the process to make sure that you qualify for this. Of course, we will always keep it real with you. And if you've been following us for long enough, then you already know that. This is why we say with all the love and tenderness that maybe being a real estate professional isn't for everyone. For some of you, it might be really difficult to prove that you're spending 750 hours working on real estate ventures on top of your already Jam packed 40 hours work week. And then some more, right? Documentation is key here. You'll need to log the hours you spend working on the real estate ventures and what exactly you were going, like working on. Mm-hmm. Responding to tenant, right, Palm, Yep. Managing renovation, investor meetings, conferences, and et cetera. You know it. You name it. The paperwork should be relatively meticulous to demonstrate all of your activities. As a kid slay, they can't catch you slipping. <laughs> we know we boast all, all the benefits of passive income, but hey, if this is the most active it gets with meeting notes and logging, maintenance, repair, then we'll take this over a corporate all-hands meaning any day, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Can I get an amen? <laughs> <laughs> the second item to consider is to have a spouse that's willing to participate in real estate interest and venture if you or yourself wouldn't necessarily qualify. Ultimately, it would be in their name on the form, and that they'll need to be able to complete the hours needed to qualify. We understand that this is not always possible, and due to other family commitments or circumstances, it can be hard for this to happen. This also means that if you're not married or filed jointly, you would have to decrease the um, the amount of work that you're doing in your active income to becoming 70% less so that 70% less than the hours that you spent in your real estate venture. That's a lot of work to give up and maybe not be worth it in the long run for some of you and your family. Definitely. And that's why serious conversations are meant to be had about this topic, right? Especially as you listen to these webinars with sponsors. If you feel good about a deal and have done your due diligence, it might be a calculated risk you both agree needs to be made for you and your family, whatever is your best, the best option, right? Thank you so much, guys, for joining us today. We seriously love chatting with you each week. There's so much to share, and we're so thankful for this community. If you haven't already, don't forget to check us out at palmthekittysisters.com slash podcast for more resources and to listen to past episodes. Also, sharing is caring. So feel free to send this to others who you know are on their own to, you know, to the journeys to becoming financially free as we, as well as give us a little like and rating five star right yep wherever you get your podcast from we'll talk to you guys soon we can't wait to begin this journey with you check us out at the slash podcast